Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Monarch Ministries podcast. Um, it has been a while, but we are at the beginning of a new year, and I wanted to get started off right. Um, wanted to to bring this back, and so today we have a a new guy with us. Um, uh, some interesting topics today, and um, let's get started by introducing our guest today. This is my buddy, Mr. Benjamin. Um, he's he's a part of Monarch Ministries. He hasn't been there for very long. I met him um, in a college alternative program called Praxis, and we got to know each other. Um, we have similar interests, similar beliefs, and I thought it'd be cool to have him on the uh, the program to talk about kind of the beginning of the new year um, and to talk about you know how to how to start a new year, how to be a part of um, how how to improve your life and improve your relationship with with God and with the other Christians around you, with the people around you um, in the new year. So, how are you doing today, Ben? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. Thanks for coming. So, we'll get right into it. Um, how do you feel about New Year's resolutions? Well, I have a complicated relationship with New Year's resolutions. I used to be a person that did them all the time. And I guess over the past year, my mindset kind of shifted. And I really became focused on doing things when they needed to be done and while i can't i can't knock the idea of a new year's resolution like being set on january 1st and it's like okay now we're gonna do it every day this year i think if if you want to do that that's okay but um i, I was making a an instagram post recently and, and i just kind of started talking about new year's resolutions and my main point was that they're they're cheap and if you put your resolution on a certain date, if you're like, I need to change my life on this date, that's kind of a dangerous thing to uh, to wager on. I think it should be like, if I need to change my life, I'm going to start it now, you know? And, and it's not going to be based on um, a date or I'm going to do it for a year. I, I try to look at it as like I make that positive change and then I just stick with it, you know? Yeah, and and kind of branching off of that, I think a lot of people um, they they see this. They're like, "All right, it's December twenty third. The New Year's coming up. I should think of some resolutions I want to have. I want to lose twenty five pounds. I want to stop eating sugar. I want to you know start this new whatever it may be." And then they're like, "Well, I got seven days left. Um, might as well overindulge this thing that's not healthy for me." And so I, I, I certainly agree that that picking a certain date. Um, can be detrimental, but at the same time, you know, I am I'm definitely pro setting goals. I think it's a good thing to set goals for yourself and set achievements. And um, you know, new year, new beginnings, kind of thing. And so, you know, while I certainly agree, you know, there's if, if you pick this date to start your goal, and you're gonna, it, it, it's gonna be bad for you for the time leading up to that goal, and it's gonna make it harder for you to keep that goal in the long run when you when you start it. Um, you know, the with the whole idea of, of a new year and new beginnings, um, I think it's a good time for people to say, okay, I've had this issue for a long time, um, I want to get better at it, no time like the present. And so, I'm, I'm, I'm almost right there with you, but I think, um, I, I think they can generally be a good thing. I think the biggest issue is people don't know how to, how to stick to them, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but 
you know, not necessarily New Year's resolutions, but do you have any, any long-term goals, any plans, any re resolutions, anything you want to get done in the next year? Yeah, over the next year, um, I really want, I want to grow um, a couple of YouTube channels. Um, I want to figure out where to best apply my effort, I guess. So, you know, should I be taking a full-time job this year? Should I be working on my personal brand? Um, so that's, that's kind of the things I'm thinking about and praying about. Um, but, you know, that's something I've tried to start right now basically mm -hmm. and uh i like your concept of like a new beginning so i i think maybe a good way to tie those concepts together is maybe go ahead and start what you want to work on and then when you hit that new year you kind of refresh yourself and you, you kind of look back and say like okay here's where we are now here's where i hope to be a year from now mm -hmm. right and hold yourself accountable to that like set a reminder every every month to look back and see where you were a month ago and did that align with your vision at the beginning of the year and you know if not then you, you try to make some changes yeah so so how do you go about um being consistent how do you force yourself and discipline yourself to be consistent in your goals that's funny because there's so many ways to do it um, and I've talked, so let me ask you a question. Do you, when you try to, when you try to make changes in your life, are you more likely to give yourself grace or give yourself discipline? Um, I'm probably more of a discipline kind of guy. I think it's more effective to me. It worked growing up. Um, no reason to stop now. What about you? I, I would say, I would say discipline as well. And um, hardcore, hardcore discipline, like, and maybe to the point where it's kind of toxic, where I won't let myself get away with anything. Mm -hmm. But I, I was talking to someone recently, and they they mentioned uh, giving themselves grace, and like somehow, some way, I never uh, considered that as an option. And mm -hmm. um, I know uh, God certainly gives us grace right yeah absolutely um, so i had to like kind of rethink how i was doing my methods because so and, and previously the way i've been consistent has been like i discipline myself like i would i would withhold rewards you know satisfaction if i did not feel like i deserved it and mm -hmm. i had earned it and um so I, i'm interested in trying this concept of of grace this year um, because I think discipline is very effective but it, it can prevent some, some making some changes uh, just by being too hard on yourself yeah absolutely I think it's one of those things you have to take on kind of a case-by-case -case, um, basis if you're if your goal is to um, you know lose X amount of weight and you've been steady with your your, your diet and you've been steady with your exercise but you you know, you don't exercise for a day, you had a rough day, and you're tired. I think that's certainly, um, you know, you, you go for for a long time, you've made a lot of progress. Um, I, I think there's definitely room for grace there. Um, but with things like um, addictions, we've talked about, um, you know, pornography addiction on, on the Monarch Ministries podcast, and, and I've talked to a lot of young men, you know, who struggle with it. It's, it's one of those things where there's, there's absolutely no room 
um, and this is with any addiction, um, there's absolutely no room for, for grace. If it's something you struggle with, then you have to, to be consistent with it. You have to, you know, force yourself off of that thing. You have to get help and you have to um, put up as many barriers as you can um, to, to prevent yourself from doing that thing in a, in a kind of biblical story like the tie to this. <clears throat> as you see, you see the story of, of David and Goliath, um, which is what we're going to cover on the next episode, by the way, um, with, a, with a new guest. But um, you see the story of David and Goliath, and, and David, he's, he's got the, the stone in his sling, and he swings it around, and he throws it, it hits Goliath, Goliath falls down, um, he's, he's probably dead, you know, he's probably not going to get back up, but David walks up to him, and he, and he steps on Goliath's spot, and he picks up his sword, and he chops his head off. And so, you know, David definitely didn't choose the, the grace route there, he, he made sure he, he saw the problem, he knocked it down, he, he did a good job knocking it down, then he made sure it wasn't going to get back up. And so, yeah. with, with some things, you know, it's, it's a case-by-case case thing, whatever your goal is, um, be, be smart with it, be wise about it, and most importantly, um, like we talk about here, and like I, I, I quote often, um, allow the beauty of the Lord your God to establish the work of your hands and to, to show you what the best um, method for you is. Let Him guide your goal setting and your, and your discipline um, and the way you're going to approach meeting those goals. Yeah, and you brought up a good point about some scenarios. There's no room for grace. Mm-hmm. Um, pornography, especially. I think you're a, you're you're right there. Um, and uh, it's interesting how much of of growth and goal setting is not doing things. I I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but like essentially a large part of making yourself a better life and going to sort of God is not doing things like not watching pornography, Mm -hmm. um, you know, basically not sinning. And, um, I think especially in the case of like, uh, pornography, drug, addiction, all that kind of stuff. Thing to do is to knock out all the not doing things. Like you need to figure out all the things that you need to stop doing before you can even start to do some things. Right. Because if you try, if you try to do, if you try to like, if you set really lofty goals and you're like, all right, I'm I'm gonna hit this, and you have this baggage of uh, addiction strapped to you. That that's gonna plague you for the rest of the year. So I think it's super important to get that stuff out of the way before you can move on to that next chapter of your life. What's that phrase, an idle mind is the devil's playground? Could be. I'm not educated. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's it, but um, it's so true. You know, you if, if you don't fill your, your time with, with valuable things to do, and I don't mean, you know, you're always working, you know, you're a workaholic, you're always working or working out or you know, things like that, you know, there, there's so much value to, to spending time with people and building relationships. Um, time spent working on a project for, for college or for school, whatever, um, can be just as valuable as, as time spent in the gym lifting weights, can be just as valuable as, ti- as time um, sitting on the couch and playing Halo with some friends of yours. You know, filling, but, but, but filling your time up with, with valuable things to do and making sure that you're you're always occupied with something good and something edifying um, is is a fulfilling thing to do, number one. 
And number two, it, it keeps yeah. that mind away from being from being idle, um, and it keeps you away from from having those those cravings for for the addictions that you want to get rid of. Absolutely, and so I, I I used to struggle with pornography a lot. I'm sure most people, most men, or even women, our age have. But um, the times that I you know I would I would relapse the most would be like in my bed at, at night. And I winded down from the day, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sitting there browsing my phone, um, or it would be, you know, like everybody's left the house. I'm alone and not doing anything. Yeah. And it's so hard. Like it's so hard to to resist that when when you don't have something going on. And uh, so, thankfully, by God's grace, I've been clean for a long time now. Um, and I think part of that is because it's been the busiest time of, of my life, I guess. Uh, and I try to be intentional about like waking up, uh, intentional with my time between when I wake up and go to bed so that I'm doing things throughout the day and then boom, it's time to go to bed. There's no like, there's no, I don't want to say no free time. There, right. There's play time. There's play time. But there's not free time in the sense that, you know, I'm sitting around uh, idle, like you said, and I think that's been key to getting out of that slump and uh, saving myself from addiction. Yeah, and I think, you know, you mentioned, I think it's just as important, um, and, it, and it's something a lot of people are kind of shying away from, especially this time of year, they're, you know, they, they've got that New Year's resolution kind of mentality, they think, okay, I need to fill my time with this, this, and this thing, I need to, to meet this goal and meet this goal, and then people you know burn themselves out because they're they're doing so much you know stuff and they're filling their time with so much work and and, and so much stress inducing things that they they burn themselves out and now you know they one day they're making a little bit of progress towards all these goals and the next day they're just kind of sitting there um because they're they're burnt out and they don't give themselves any time to wind down they don't give themselves any time to relax and and enjoy time with with friends or family um or even you know reading a book or watching a tv show um, but yeah, but but making sure you're you're filling your time and not allowing it to go empty is is super important. Yeah, you know it's weird. Um, like this has been probably the you know 2021 is the busiest year of my life probably. Mm-hmm. And, I would agree um, with that. Yeah, but I never got the I never got the burnout feeling though. Have yeah. you had that because? I feel I feel like um, there's like spiritual sustainment going on almost. I've I've uh, and it's so crazy because I've never one day looked up and been like, why am I doing this? Because I because I know why I'm doing this, and maybe we can talk about that in a minute. But I just wondered like if you ever if you get the burnout feeling. You know, I do, but it's with one. I've worked at Subway. Um, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast yet. But I've worked at Subway for a long time now, and you know I look at all the other things that I'm doing. I look at at Monarch Ministries, and I look at Praxis, that that college alternative program, um, and I look at those two things. And those two things both take up a lot of my time. And then I look at Subway, and I'm like, which one of these three is really important, <laughs> or in, yeah. in, in, isn't important? So, you know, I look at making sandwiches for rude strangers as kind of something that I'm I'm really excited to get out of. Um, and so I've, I've certainly experienced burnout with that, but with the other things, 
you know, I'm I'm really proud of what we've done with Monarch Ministries. I'm really proud of of what what um, we've started. What God has helped grow. You know, it's 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 really. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think it was gonna um, last very long. I thought after three, four, five months, it was gonna kind of filter away and just be another um, closed chapter in in my life. But here we are, a year and some change later. Um, and it's still going strong. It's still growing. We've got lots of plans for growth, and it's it's something that I want to you know stick with for a long time after this. And I'm really thankful for that, um, and thankful for for what we've built here. And so, you know, with things that matter, uh, no, I don't feel feel that burnout. I could work at these things for for hours, for years. But with um, with things that are less important, you know, the the hourly job and things like that, that's I could do away with that. And, and not lose any sleep over it. Right. I, I get that. Um, it's, yeah, so I, it's been a while since I, I worked a, a not self-employed job. Um, and I, I, and you know, I, I was a tennis coach and I, and I coached kids and, um, and somehow, you know, you wouldn't like you. You would think like, well, you you're doing something meaningful. Mm-hmm. You're teaching kids. You're helping them grow. But um, I did feel burned out from that. Interestingly enough, and I, and I don't know why because I felt like I was doing a good thing. I was trying to be a good role model, a good leader from the kids. Mm-hmm. But still felt burnt out from that, and I don't know why that is. But um, I'm sure this is way way aside from uh fixing ourselves for the new year's though <laughs> <laughs> no 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 he, but, uh, you talk about whatever you want <laughs> yeah but yeah well um go ahead I think, I think if i could say if i could give advice to someone about how not to get burnt out this year um it would be be super intentional with your time and remember why you're doing whatever you chose to do. Um, so when you set out, and that means whenever you set out to do something, you better have a, a clear freaking vision of, of why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's part of being intentional. The why behind what you do something, you don't just do things, right? Right. You need to have a why behind it. And uh, write it down somewhere. Seriously, like write it down and um, those bad days, those burnout days, pull up the notepad or whatever it was and look back at why you're doing it. And that's just a boost. It's a, it's a refresher. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, you know, that, that was really interesting. Um, a lot of people when they're answering that question, how do you avoid burnout? A lot of people are going to give the, the answer, you know, do something that you love doing, do something that you enjoy doing. And I think there's value to that, but I think it's much more important um, instead of, you know, focusing on doing something that you love and enjoy, um, do something that will help you grow. Do something that will yeah. improve you as a person. You know, you might not at first enjoy um, reading your Bible every day, but it will help you grow. It will help you um, get closer to God. It will help you have a better understanding of who God is. Um, it'll help you have a better understanding of Scripture. Um, and, you know, there, there are a hundred other things that we could talk about that might not be enjoyable at first and, and and by the way you'll learn to enjoy it you'll learn to to enjoy your time spent in scripture time spent reading um one thing that i've noticed a lot of 
these days is with you know smartphones and technology and all that sort of thing people's attention spans are so small and very few people read anymore i noticed this with myself too um towards the end of high school um you know i when i was a kid uh younger and in homeschooled um i read all the time i would read a book in a day you know often a few times i i did and and, and not like a, a small book either a pretty nice size you know, 200, 250 page book, I'd, I'd knock it out in a, in an afternoon. And, uh, yeah, you know, towards junior, senior year, I didn't do that anymore. I didn't have any, any desire to read. And part of that was, was kind of the framing of how the, the school wanted you to read the book. And, and, and I think that's flawed, but that's a conversation for another time. But part of that was because I'd become so, so accustomed to, to kind of the smartphone and the social media and the, the computers and all that stuff that you know everything's constantly moving and in your face and it's videos and it's interactive stuff and it's blah 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 it it really takes away from your attention span it's a it's a muscle that you need to work and it's a muscle that you need to grow and so that you know we're talking about new year's resolutions it's that's a great one to have is build up your attention span again because i know it's not as good as it used to be i i completely agree with that um, you might not have known this, but we actually had a very similar experience. Uh, I was homeschooled until sixth grade. And probably, just for example, fifth grade year of homeschool, right? Mm -hmm. I bet I read more books that year than I've read in my enti the entire time frame between then and now. Are there any books when you were when you started public school that you remember really enjoying to read? Yeah, I loved I loved Fahrenheit fifty one. Really? Um, but I had read that I had already read that um, like in homeschool, <laughs> and, and you know that's a high school book. Uh -huh. And and homeschooling is just like homeschooling is great, dude. I mean, I agree. I don't know what possessed me to read so many books, but I heavily encourage people to do that. And uh, yeah. I really, I really hate like the idea of being uh, forced to read a certain book, and it, it has its place because you know you, you need you need to learn certain things. Mm -hmm. I'll concede that to high schools, like, and, and you know they obviously want to make curriculums around them, but um, choosing what you want to read is a great thing. And uh, but anyways, about uh, refining their retention span. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have the same problem, and you would think like, how could I lose my love for reading? I used to read, I used to read books all the time, mm -hmm. but the the truth is, we we probably do the same amount of reading when we scroll through social media, um, or we read YouTube comments, YouTube descriptions, but we're not reading stimulating reading. Right. We're not reading. And a lot of times it's not factual. We're not reading factual information. We're not reading stuff that we need to think about critically. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just super, super simple, basic. Like an Instagram or Twitter comment section is like a, like an elementary school lunchroom. Right. Even a lot of the, the long form articles that you find today, like have you ever sat down and read some of these, these articles put out by these small and big media outlets are just awful like they're they're obviously yeah. catered to a lower reading level it's 
depressing. I, I so there was there's this one uh, author Gore Vidal, mm-hmm. um, who wrote a paper. Um, it was called "The Erosion of the Bill of Rights," and I, I highly recommend it to anybody. I won't get political here, but you can get political here. You, okay. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I really agree with what's in that paper, but um, the way he writes is um, fascinating. But when I was reading it, I had to pull up probably 15 tabs of pop culture references and things I didn't know. Um, and, and that was like, that was a, a majestical thing. That, that was a great experience. Even though I didn't know what the heck was going on half the article, I enjoyed it so much more than if I were to pull up, you know, Medium and go read through 100 tech articles. Uh-huh. There's just a craft. There's a craft to his writing. It's it's intellectual, you know, and that's what that's what good writing should do. It should make you think. It shouldn't be easy. Yeah, and and it's one of those things, you know. It, kind of my my uh, my advice would be if you want to build up that attention span, if you if it's something that you are interested in doing, if you think to yourself, hey, I did used to read more when I was a kid, and I don't anymore. There's there's no shame in in starting kind of smaller starting below what what you think you should be at you know i'm an adult i should be reading i don't know um do you have any examples i'm trying to think start with mere christianity yeah that's a good one um (laughs) and c.s lewis always writes real real short but um you know you don't have to be reading these these great big um What's her name? Her name is on the tip of my tongue, and I can't. Who wrote Atlas Shrugged? Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand, thank you. Did yeah. you say it before I said Atlas Shrugged? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But you don't have to be reading, you know, Ayn Rand before you, uh, you just because you're, you're in your 40s. It's, it's a muscle. Um, it's, it's something you have to build up. And so this is just one example of, of a resolution I think is, is, is good for, for not just Christians, but, but people in general to have. Um, and obviously I think everyone should be Christian, but, you know, this leads to my next question. What kind of resolutions do you think Christians should be kind of focused on? What kind of goals do you think they should set for themselves in this day and age? What do you see? I, I love this question. And I, ha- I think I have a very clear, hopefully a clear response to it. We need to start understanding the Bible, okay? I think... In my lifetime, you know, I'm just, I just turned 20, so I can't say I've seen everything. I haven't. Mm-hmm. But I, Christians are losing the intellectual battle, okay? And and the truth is we don't have to be. Uh, r- mere Christianity is, is a great place to start with that. Um, so there's this disease that, that's crept through our society, right, that the Bible has been disproved by science, okay? Christianity has been disproved by science. We don't need to believe Christianity anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no credence to it. Um, and that's just simply, it's its not true. Um, there's plenty of great intellectual debates going on. Um, and, you know, I think, like, there's so many uneducated Christians walking around that just, I don't want to say the cliche search Please say, um, go to church every Sunday. Like, 
I was like, you, you probably hear that a lot. Like they, they call out people. They're like, oh, you're just a Christian who goes to church every Sunday. Like, that's not the problem. The problem is that a lot of Christians right now don't understand the Bible. They're just groupies. Like they're in it for the feelings and you know the fun, the group setting. They couldn't actually defend a piece of the Bible if they had to, and uh, that's kind of what I'm trying to work on right now because I had a huge. I had a huge wake up this year where I realized I don't know anything about the Bible. And, and I call myself a Christian and I, I couldn't defend even the most basic arguments. So, um, dude, do you think you understand the Bible? Like if you think you're a Christian, read Revelations and, and write, write a report to me about what you think is happening. But like you, you'll be blown away by the complexity and all the different uh, interpretations that are. Oh yeah, absolutely, so, and, that and rant, this uh, is a great time to, to plug right now way, that we are going over Revelation in Modern Ministries right now. Every day, be prepared to defend what's in the Bible if you really believe in it. I don't think you could have given a better answer, Ben. Uh, I really don't. What's up? I said I don't think you could have given a better answer, Ben. Um, yeah, that's... Hello? Can you hear me? Hello, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right, cool. I'm going to say I'm going to cut that part out, but I probably won't because it's kind of funny. But... Oh, man. <laughs> There's a storm at my house, so I apologize. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, but I, I honestly, I can't think of a better answer you could have given. Um, and that's... You're, you're absolutely right. There's a couple things that I wanted to say. Um... Number one is you're totally right about, you know, there, there are so many Christians these days, um, so many professing Christians who, who truly believe Christ but who truly have no idea um, how to defend his, world, his, his word. Apologetics are, are so important. People think, you know, I have to go to, to seminary school to, to really understand the Bible. I have to do this and that. But I believe it's in the book of Titus. Um, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's in the book of Titus. Um, Paul says that the duty of the pastor is to equip the saints. And so this, this lack of knowledge is really kind of a referendum on, on modern pastors. If, if you've got this, this group of people that, that you've been, um, placed in a position of spiritual leadership over and, and yet so many Christians are unable to defend their their biblical positions their biblical beliefs then um you need to do a better job as a pastor of 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 teaching them what the bible says the the purpose of church is to um bring in new believers is to to show people the gospel to show people to christ and to equip the saints to to show the the christians who are already there to help them to grow and then the other thing um when when jesus was asked what's the what's the greatest commandment he said to love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul all your strength and all your mind um and and people kind of always group those things together it oh it means love god with everything you have well he said those specific things for for a reason to to love the god lord your god with all your heart love him with everything you have love him with all your soul um love him you know in a relationship love him um, believe that he's a real person, that he has contact with you. Love him with all your strength. You know, dedicate your life to God and give it all to him. And with your mind, grow your mind. 
um, learn these things, and people really kind of forget that part. They don't, you know, well, I'll leave the apologetics to the smart people. Well, you know, if, if you're a follower of Christ, then you're called to love the Lord your God with all your mind. You're called to know scripture. You're called to know what the Bible says. And so you should dedicate your time to really learn it and really understand what God has to say to you. I mean, if this is the word that God left to us, um, and this is the word that God wants us to glean from and to learn from, then this is this is our, our, our best avenue to get to know him and to show people how to believe in him, which is our commandment these days. Yeah. So that's such a good answer, Ben. What's up? I said that was such a good answer you gave. I appreciate that. Um, this is something I've been thinking about a lot, and uh, I don't see how you could claim to be a Christian and and not come to that conclusion other than, you know, you just haven't read the Bible. You haven't uh, understood the commandments made for Jesus to serve you. I like the verse. Uh, I like the verse you used. Mm-hmm. Of loving God with your mind. Mm-hmm. Part, of, part of that for me has been um, trying to rationalize some of God's decisions. And some people will say, like, Okay, so yeah, disclaimer, there's an aspect, we can't humanly rationalize all of God's decisions, because uh-huh. uh, he has, I don't know if you know this, but he's like smarter than us. Oh, really? Yeah, he knows everything. That's crazy. He, he knows everything, so I, I concede that to him, but uh, so a question that's posed frequently is, why does God let bad things happen to good people? Uh-huh. Right, so and that's like, why would God let a, a kid have cancer? And so, um, and for some, that for like an atheist, you know, they're like, checkmate. God would never let a child die, or a perfect God would never let this happen in His world. Yeah, right, exactly. But th- my question to them is, have you actually thought about it? H- have you have you really thought about it? And and you can't ask a question like that you can't challenge my God without reading about my God and, mm-hmm. and kind of understanding why things happen. And so through like trying to think about that question and rationalize it, um, I've been able to come up with a bunch of uh, different explanations for, for why that might happen. And, and they all seem like logically uh, reasonable to me and I won't I won't uh, detail them here I don't want to make myself look bad uh, because like if I try to pull them off the top of my head I don't think I'll do a good job of an <laughs> argument but that, gotcha I was gonna put you on the spot but now I won't <laughs> yeah well I, I mean I will, like I'll, I'll say like a general idea of one of the principles is uh, like so if you if you're gonna so okay so if they make a claim uh, if you know why would God allow uh, X to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So from their presumption, like from the presumption of that question, God is real. Okay. So we're gonna assume that God is real. So then you're gonna assume that heaven and hell are real, right? Mm-hmm. So on Earth, we're in this intermediate zone uh, between heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. And if if kids never died, if, if cancer didn't exist, if none of those bad things ever happened, uh, we, we'd be in heaven. And, and that's just simply how, not how God designed it. Uh, we're in the middle. 
and on earth we get a glimpse of like we get a gl glimpse of intense suffering and intense blessing right mm -hmm. we're in the middle of that and so that's that's one of the concepts i was thinking about and there's a bunch more but and i wish i had i wish i'd prepared something like that for this but um maybe another time yeah <laughs> to be honest i had no idea the conversation was going to get to this point so i won't uh <laughs> I won't blame you on that yeah. one. But, you know, that's an interesting... I never thought of it in, in, in kind of that light before. Um, but it's it's especially interesting if you look at... When we were going through Genesis in, in Monarch, um, I think one of the, the greatest and happiest chapters in the Bible is is the first couple chapters of Genesis, um, where where we kind of see the framework for, for what um, what God's original intention for us was. You know, God created us because he he wanted to have a relationship with us god created us so that we could enjoy time with him and spend time with him god created us um because he wanted to love us and he wanted us to love him back and so um it's it's not because of him you know it's not he's saying all right timmy you get cancer and johnny you get cancer and charles you don't get cancer you're the winner today um sorry sally chemotherapy for you you know, it's it's not like he's sitting there and pointing things. It was it was yeah. humanity's conscious decision to to disobey God and to reject Him, and you know that's the whole premise for why we need a savior. But God's original plan for us was paradise on earth. Yeah. So you actually hit the other one that I had, and that uh, my mind was slipping on uh, mm -hmm. free, free will, the yeah. free will argument. The, the fact that we suffer here on earth is, is not a result of, of God's decision. Uh, he, he gave us free will in the Garden of Eden and, and we failed, basically. Uh, we took the L in the Garden of Eden, so we continue to take it here. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, I I think kind of almost the opposite of, of, of that is true, too. Um, you take, you know, the the fact that a lot of Christians don't know how to answer that question of um, why does God let bad things happen to good people? But the opposite is true is is one common argument that that Christians give um, opposed to 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 atheists to kind of try and 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 get them caught is is um, if if God's not real, then where does morality come from? And then you know they ask that question, they're like, "Ooh, gotcha!" And then the the non-believer answers them, and they give you know, their, their response, and then the Christian doesn't know how to answer after that. Yeah. And so, you know, that was one that I, that I kind of thought of a long time ago, and, and it's true, God is the, the, uh, the source for our, our morality. Um, he, he always has been, and he always will be. We didn't come up with what's right and what's wrong on our own. Um, God did, and God pointed us in, in the direction and showed us what is right, and we we passed it on to each other, you know. Um, and and you think about it, you didn't. No, no one ever taught you. Your mom didn't sit you down when you were a kid and say, "Now, Benjamin, um, when you when you put your hand in that cookie jar, and I asked you if you put your hand in that cookie jar, you you just told me yes, you did it. Now, what you should have done to avoid getting in trouble is tell me that you didn't do it, even though you did do it. That's called lying. You know, your mom didn't sit sit you down and teach you how to lie, right? It's just something yeah. you knew how to do. Um, but when your mother lied, I assume you were you were punished in some sort of way, right? You were spanked or grounded or something, right? Oh yeah, spanked. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> not not child abuse level. <laughs> right. No, there's. 
I'm, I'm a big, I don't know if this is going to get me in trouble, but I'm a big believer in spanking. Um, but, you know, you, I don't see a problem with it. Just don't, you know, don't make them bleed. Or... Right. <laughs> don't abuse your kid, but it's biblical. Yeah. Um, but, you know, y you have to be trained to do things the right way, and, and, and morality comes from God. And then there, there's a whole lot of, of, of counters. Well, you know, as a society, we decided all these things are good for us. Well, you know, maybe as an American society, we did coming off of a country that, that had strong Christian values and starting a country that had strong Christian values. But if you look at this, this, and this culture, you know, they thought it was cool to, to murder people as long as they weren't in their tribe, or they thought it was cool to, to abuse all the women. Or you look at um, some of the, the civilizations that, that God utterly destroyed. Um, look at Sodom and Gomorrah. Did, did they, you know, come up with with the right rules were were they immoral people the amalekites were they immoral people the ninevites were they immoral people and so on and so forth so morality doesn't come from from collective human beings deciding what's right and what's wrong it comes from god and there's good answers you can give to that and to the counters to that too but people almost you know it's it, it's almost kind of the the cliche um easy to defend statement from christians nowadays because people have have forgotten how to how to defend their positions yeah i started thinking about chess when you started talking about defending your positions do you play uh, chess i do we should play and chess sometime about, we we need to i was thinking about like it's like in a way okay so i'll make a chess analogy it's like chess openings mm -hmm. everybody knows the openings mm -hmm. right yeah but then you start to get into the more nuanced stuff and it's like half the people though like if you don't play chess you don't you know the openings may look foreign to you mm -hmm. uh so i guess maybe kind of what we're getting at is we need to stop we need to stop using the gotcha moments right like exactly the gotcha question. Like, oh you know if god is if god is perfect why would he do this mm -hmm. i think we need to really start taking deep intellectually challenging looks at those questions yeah, um, or or even if we are going to use the the gotcha questions, you know, think of them as opening and have a mid game and end game plan um, yeah. for when you ask that question. Don't just leave it at the well. If 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 uh, there's no God, then where does morality come from? Gotcha. Bye. You know, keep keep pressing that idea. Keep telling them what you where, where you get that from. I'm so glad you played chess because that analogy would not have made any sense. <laughs> You're probably gonna beat me. I haven't played in a while, but <laughs> we'll definitely oh, no. do it. No. But um, so so just to kind of wrap up. I think we've had a really great great conversation here, and I've enjoyed talking to you. Um, how do you how do you see yourself uh, accomplishing your goals this year? Um. Get, get to the get to the place. I'll kind of phrase this as advice for somebody else. Um, I don't want this to come off as as a flex. I'm gonna flex God here. Okay, I'm gonna flex God. <laughs> Do it. God has God has really put my mindset in a space where I don't have to worry about uh, trying anymore. Like I I, I don't have to. I don't wake up and think, man, I'm I'm not feeling it today. I'm not motivated, because I almost feel like God has kind of set me on fire over the past year. Mm -hmm. Just 
some personal things have happened and uh, God's really changed my mindset, my perspective on life and just kind of set me on fire. And um, and so I, I, I don't really worry about the motivation, but for other people though, um, really, really pr pray for your motivation and drive from God and know that your treasure's in heaven and so like what you're doing here may seem meaningless, but you're storing up treasures in heaven, dude. And uh, get close to God. Um, find find your why. Like it. Figure find your why for what you're doing. Get in. Align yourself with God's purpose for your life. I'm probably banging off too much right here. No, keep going. This is great. Yeah, let me slow down real quick. Like. Aligning yourself with God's purpose. Um, I want to talk about this for just a second. You have to be willing to give up whatever you want your purpose to be. Um, so, in I played baseball all my life. Uh, I played baseball since I was three years old. Got to my senior year of high school, and I wasn't playing. Right, <clears throat> and like you know, kind of devastated because I was planning on getting a scholarship, going to college, you know, I had I had all the my dreams, I had my life planned out, and uh, I, w I wasn't playing, I wasn't playing, and I talk about it with my family today, like, I think I deserved the position on the team, and, and we couldn't understand why I wasn't playing, mm -hmm. and uh, so I, I switched sports, through that new sport, uh, long story short, uh, I got a job coaching tennis, through that, um, I kind of kicked off my videography stuff, and I've met so many amazing people, and I've like I I feel like I'm in the right place right now, but it took me detaching from the plan I had and stepping into God's plan for my life, and uh, and and being willing to let go of what I want to do, and it's not an easy task. It, it's a difficult thing. Uh, because what you know, what you want to do is probably going to seem better to you, but you have to go off of what you know is right, and that comes from really having a strong relationship with God, reading the Bible, so you understand what He wants for your life. So just yeah, uh, pray, ask God to show you what what He wants you to do this year, and uh, get your why from that, and then you know find the path and walk in it. So. That's, that's what I got. Yeah, a um, couple things. Probably the most influential sermon series I ever listened to was I was it was a youth camp one week um, in Arkansas. Um, the pastor was Dean Miller, and he he talked every morning out of Psalm one nineteen, um, and he was talking about you know cleaning out your mental garage and 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 prioritizing things. And, and kind of the theme of the whole whole series was this idea that you ought to stop trying to do what you think is best and start trusting God to, to work through you um, and do what's best for you. And, and that's such a great example that you gave about, um, you know, kind of putting that into, into action and, and stop trying to, you know, do what you think is best for you and allow God to, to point you in the direction that, um, that you ought to be. And so it's, that's that's great to to hear kind of an example of that. And the other thing um, is, you know, taking you out of baseball. That that was God telling you that baseball is a dumb and crappy sport, and that you should have wrestled instead.
That's hilarious. <laughs> it's actually true. It's so true. I didn't know what I was missing. And, um, you know, like I have a huge passion for tennis now. I think it's one of the, the best sports. But um, where I was, like, that year that I quit baseball and where I am now, dude, I never could have imagined. I never could have imagined, like, that the picture I had for myself back then and what's going on now are so different from each other. But um, you you have to put God first, uh, and and that's an everyday thing. Uh, there's that verse: "Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you." Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. If you want the things added to you, seek the kingdom of God first, man. And then you you start to realize that all these things you wanted before are kind of vanities, mm-hmm. and God gives you what you need when you seek Him. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Ben, for for coming on and and talking to me. It was great having you. Um, Really appreciated your your insight and your conversation and and just the motivation you bring to the table. Um, Definitely hope to to have you on again. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, dude. We're definitely going to have to run a chess match. Indeed, indeed. Um, Not baseball, though. I'm not. It's not my forte. It's awful. (laughs) Amen. Um, But. You know, if if uh, if you all listening want to to join Monarch Ministries and talk to people like myself or to Ben or any of the other guests we've had on, um, there will be a link in the description of this this episode, um, and you can click that link and join our our Discord server. And we have devotional meetings every night, um, and we hope to see you there. But until then, we'll see you next week on the Monarch Ministries podcast. Y'all have a good day. <laughs>